Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hey guys, welcome to season 10 of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. Thank you so much for joining me each and every week to hear the stories of the person being interviewed. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who listen, who share, and who just keep this podcast going. So God bless you. Thank you so much and enjoy today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to another week of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am truly excited, grateful, and blessed to have Jennifer Dukes-Lee joining me on the podcast today. Her and I have been friends through social media for quite a while, and I've also been on two of her launch teams for The Happiness Dare, and It's All Under Control, and she also has a new book out, which we'll talk about later, a guided journal called Stuff I'd Only Tell God, and it actually comes out today. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for making time for me. You have been so good to me, so good to me, helping me promote books in the past. And now that I get to be a guest on your podcast, it's just a real honor. Thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Sure. I am living in, have been living in Iowa almost my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a news reporter for a while in the in the more metro area of Iowa, but my husband and I moved to the farm, his fifth generation family farm, mm-hmm. uh, 20 years ago. Wow. And this is where we raised a family. It's where we've raised corn and beans and pigs. And it's really the place where God has raised us up in our faith. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's a really cool honor to get to be, um, in the farming industry and Mm -hmm. knowing that we're helping to feed the world and be tied to the land and, and to the history of how this land has been cared for over the years. So Mm -hmm. it's a really good life. And it's from this farm where I do my work as a writer. So I'm always planting seeds in the form of words Uh (laughs) in books and social media. And um, now that um, the girls are out of the home. They're both in college. We're empty nesters. I'm leaning into that even more and just trying some interesting new things with my writing and taking on some projects that I've dreamed about for a very long time, but just didn't have the capacity for. And one of those projects is this very different project, unlike anything I've done before, which is stuff I'd only tell God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, um, I've read your books and you know, your words and the seeds you do plant really stick with people. So, and they really get in deep and uh, encourage people to continue on in their journey. 
And this guided journal is just another part of that. So um, when you were growing up, was farming something you would have even imagined yourself doing? Well, I grew up in a really a farming community okay. and my, yeah. So it was like, Iowa is known for farming, mm -hmm. but and my dad was in the, is, was in the farming industry. He worked at a grain elevator, Okay. but me, mm -mm, not, <laughs> not, not even remotely. Like I will never live in small town, Iowa. I will never live on a farm. Well, <laughs> you know how God <laughs> handles our all nevers. Right. So, Cause I fell in love with a farmer and, mm -hmm. but actually, honestly, Gina, neither one of us wanted to move back to the farm at first mm -hmm. because he'd gone to law school and he had um, certain kinds of professional aspirations. Mm -hmm. I had certain kinds of professional aspirations that did not involve living in a county where pigs outnumber people by a significant margin. I'm not kidding you, but um, God had other plans for us. And mm -hmm. here we are, this place and this life that I wouldn't honestly have ever dreamed was for me. Mm -hmm. How long were you a news reporter? I was, my first job in news was when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. So it was before I was even in college for it. And then <laughs> I was the whole time I was at in college, I was writing news articles and I was the editor of the daily campus newspaper, mm -hmm. which was an, a big undertaking. It was like a 24 page paper every wow. single day. And we had a wow. staff of students. And then I had internships in places like Sacramento and mm -hmm. some other towns in Iowa um, and the Des Moines Register. Mm -hmm. And then I was a reporter right out of college um, in Omaha and then Des Moines. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I guess my news career in the traditional sense ended when I was probably about 33 or 35 years old, but now I still actually consider myself a news reporter mm -hmm. because I'm, um, talking about the good news of mm -hmm. Jesus all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been a, I've been an adjunct professor of news. So there's mm -hmm. this common thread of words yeah and asking questions throughout my whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I actually, when I was younger, I actually wanted to be a news reporter. And wow. I I went in high school, I did one year of TV broadcasting and I loved it. But the thing I hated was seeing myself on camera because you know how you are when you're in high school oh, yeah. and all those things. And, you know, you think you're you think you're fat and you think all this other kind of stuff and you have all these different ideas about yourself at that age. And so I just wasn't comfortable with it. So I kind of walked away from that, mm -hmm. but I, you know, saying that you do the good news still, and you still report on the news. That's it's quite a great correlation. So, yes, I feel, I feel like it too, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I really honestly, Gina, I started interrogating the Bible and mm -hmm. God in the same way that I interrogated police chiefs and presidential candidates. And I know that sounds bad, like, oh my goodness, she's interrogating God. What does that mean? <laughs> but I, I had lost my faith along the way mm -hmm. from when I was a teenager. I'm like, I don't know if I believe this Jesus mm -hmm. walking out of a tomb. That's like crazy talk. I, mm -hmm. I don't just don't buy it. Yeah. And so I wanted to believe Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't get there intellectually. And it wasn't until I started asking God in the Bible, good questions, like mm -hmm. almost like a news reporter would mm -hmm. that I came to a faith to the faith that I have now. And, and to the point where I'm like, this is my ministry. This is my, this is my vocation mm -hmm. um, is sharing that particular story with people. And how old were you when you did that? 
I was, boy, when I was a teenager is when the, I start to fall, started to fall into that deep, deep doubt. And then mm-hmm. really through most of my twenties mm-hmm. and as, around the time when I probably late twenties, 30 years old, that's when I started opening the Bible. Could this be true? Is this is this really the way it was? And asking God hard questions. I really totally resonated with quote doubting Thomas, mm-hmm. which was you know doubting Thomas when I grew up in Sunday school. It was kind of like a shameful thing. Like he shouldn't ask mm-hmm. Jesus those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. But I um, befriended it, Thomas in a way in the Bible and saw that Jesus didn't approach Thomas like you're such a jerk, you know, like, right. why are you asking all these stupid questions? Instead, he answered them. Mm-hmm. And he he loved Thomas, and he loved him enough to answer those questions. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I think so, too. And it seems like when you were in, I, I think, because I kind of got surrounded by that a little bit, too. Like, when I was in my early church years, like, you shouldn't doubt you, you should just have faith, but you have to ask questions, you have to do that. And God doesn't mind. Like, that's why he's there. He's there for the hard questions. And yeah, I, I always want people to know that, that you never have to be, never have to feel bad for asking God questions because he doesn't feel bad about answering them. That's right. So, yeah. I mean, he knows that's part of our journey is figuring mm-hmm. these things out and growing day by day. And mm-hmm. um, I have felt closer to mm-hmm. God as a result of feeling like I can come to him. Mm-hmm as honest as I want to be. And he's not turned his back on me yet. Mm -hmm. No, no. And he won't. So amen to that. Is Mm -hmm. there any other part of your freedom story that you'd like to share? Well, um, you know, I think that I don't have, like, I'll bet a lot of people would say this was the day I was saved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it was like they they say that the day that they were baptized was what it was, or that when they were at a Bible camp, when they were a teenager, that's what it was, or they gave their life over to the Lord when they were 26. And that's what it was. I don't have a neat and tidy story like that. And all I know is that God's known all along that I was his and that mm-hmm. I was his daughter. And um, as I go back through my those twenties, um, those years when I was trying to figure things out, I just, I was growing and I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. And I would be on news assignments, driving around to, you know, like a tornado or just like a bank robbery or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to drive long distances sometimes. And I got tired of just listening to the same CDs. Um, (laughs) back then we were listening to CDs. Mm -hmm. And so I would turn over to AM radio and I ran across Christian, um, AM radio in the same way that people will accidentally, um, run onto your podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, God will use that to speak to them. Mm -hmm. Well, God used AM Christian radio to speak to me. And there would be, um, you know, pastors on there talking about Bible verses and Bible stories. And it, my, um, scales began to sort of fall from my eyes. And I'd be like, I've heard that before, but I haven't heard it before quite like that. <laughs> yeah. And that was the spirit moving in me. Mm-hmm. And I gave my life to the Lord so many times driving around. I'm like, <laughs> maybe this is the, this is the time. This is going to be the one that takes, but God used all of that to, to grow my faith. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but th- so like it's little steps to freedom, right? Little mm-hmm. steps. 
And then um, one Christmas, I remember being in the church where I grew up, I would gone home for Christmas services and the pastor there had just one of those old fashioned bulletins, Mm -hmm. those church bulletins. And on it, he had very crudely typed out all of these prophecies about um, Christmas and like the the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. So what you're telling me is that hundreds and hundreds of years ago, those prophets spoke those things in the Old Testament, and that came true mm-hmm. on uh, uh, with the birth of Christ. Like it's so obvious now to you and to me, but at the time it blew my mind, mm-hmm. and I started to look into all kinds of prophecies. So that really, that really like grew my faith to a new level. Mm-hmm. And I remember like early on, I just I, I'd like be blow drying my hair reading the Bible. Like I could not get enough of the word. Mm -hmm. Like I could not put it down. And I, there's a part of me that's like, God create in me that again, I want to be so hungry for your word that I have to read it even while I'm blow drying my hair. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I don't do that very often. Right. (laughs) Um, But it was, that was a huge part of my story was just digging into the word. And, you know, then I just, I was like, I got to tell people about this. I've got mm-hmm. to, you know, I'm getting free. I need to to tell other people that might not know. And so I began to host Bible studies in our community. And I didn't, I hardly knew my way from Ezra to Revelation to Leviticus. I like, I had to have all those tabs and nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know where anything was, but I just was so hungry, so hungry to do it in community. And then I started blogging about faith and about my transformation and that led to books. I mean, it's just wild to me. Like I never in a million years would have guessed that my freedom story would eventually bring me to a place of getting to share God's word with other people in this way. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years. Mm-hmm. Wow. When you were going through, when you were learning and questioning and all of those things, was there a particular set of verses or verse that kept you anchored and continue to keep you anchored? Yeah. And this is a question that you ask people on your podcast, right? Which Mm -hmm. I think is so cool. I love that. (laughs) I love hearing different verses and Mm -hmm. how God's word is speaking to people. And I hope that mine um, will encourage somebody as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine is more of almost like a whole passage. <laughs> I don't have the whole thing memorized, but it's okay. that this passage um, in Luke 24. Mm-hmm. And um, there are these two people on a road and they're headed to a village called Emmaus. Mm-hmm. And it's about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking about, you know, what had happened to Jesus and how he was crucified and, Um, it says that their faces were downcast Mm -hmm. and you can just imagine like, they're just feeling like all of their hopes have been dashed They're, You know, who was this Jesus anyway? They were really, really bummed out. I mean, that is a storm, right? To have like your, you've had this belief system about somebody or about your faith and just to have it popped in a Mm -hmm. moment. I mean, that is some kind of high level category five storm (laughs) for sure. Yeah. And so they're talking about all the stuff that, that happens. And along comes this guy 
and um it was jesus spoiler <laughs> alert but they did not know it which is also true for us like we right. can be walking away from the the cross downcast and you know we don't even realize that jesus is walking with us right and that's exactly what was happening here and in this moment this long walk back to emmaus jesus is opening the scriptures to them and he's talking with them and telling them stories and um when they got to their village they're like hey jesus well they didn't say hey jesus because they still didn't know hey guy walking with us <laughs> <laughs> and they urged him strongly stay with us mm -hmm. it's almost night and the day is almost over and so he went in to stay with them mm -hmm. and they're at the table and um, he took bread and he gave thanks he broke bread and he began to give it to them and that's the moment when their eyes were opened mm -hmm. and they recognized him and then he suddenly like disappears from their sight that they look at each other and they were like, whoa, we're not our hearts burning within us as he talked with us on the road. And as he opened the scriptures to us, mm -hmm. and that is the story and the verse for me, I love the idea of hearts burning within us. I call it holy heartburn <laughs> and um, heartburn has a kind of a negative con connotation, mm -hmm. but this is holy heartburn and mm -hmm. it's the kind of heartburn that you want to be chronic mm -hmm. and the kind that is a reminder to you, like in my worst storm, in my darkest hour, that Jesus is walking with me and he's always revealing himself to me and that I would invite him in and say, stay with us, stay with me and um, break bread with him and give thanks with him and recall the good things that he's done. So um, that verse for me, I actually have it, um, a, an old school picture of the, the people on the road to Emmaus with Jesus. It's a very famous painting and, and I have a print of it on my bedroom wall. Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder to me always that um, his, his, my heart has burned within me for him. And sometimes I'll go through periods of, you know, that feel kind of lukewarm and that don't mm -hmm. feel like a hot burning heart. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just remind myself, no matter what season I'm in, that God has the power to make my heart burn for him. Mm -hmm. And um, that he walks with me through whatever storm I'm in. Oh, I love that so much. And we just came out of the Easter season. And think, you know, when Jesus was making his appearances to everybody. So I love that you're talking about that today. And yes, you did a great job of bringing that clarity to that. So I will tell oh, you that good. as a side oh, note, good. so it was good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's such an important set of verses to me and mm -hmm. ones that I really, it, those verses came to light to me in that time mm -hmm. when I was trying to figure the whole thing out. And when I was asking all those questions of God and, um, it's, it was a hugely instrumental part of my life story and it still is, you know, I think sometimes people's life verses change or the verses mm -hmm. that they lean on change. And I have, you know, dozens and dozens of verses that mm -hmm. I turn to, um, during hard times, but that is a constant for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so good. Such a great illustration of Jesus walking with us, even if we don't know it's him, 
it's still him. It's so. him. <laughs> we can count on it. That's right. So let's talk now about your books. Oh, because, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, um, I I was on your launch team for the Happiness Dare. And then I also have here in my hands, Love Idol, which was another one of your books. Yeah, my very first one. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about how many books you've done and what kind of was your inspiration behind each of them? Okay. So I have four books, Mm -hmm. two Bible studies, and then this guided journal, which is a book, but it's not like the other books. Mm -hmm. So Love Idol was my very first. It came out in 2014. When I started blogging, um, a common theme on my blog was how I was trying to overcome my need for people's approval Mm -hmm. and lean into God's approval of me. And it was so resonating with my readers that I thought, I wonder if I could write a book about that. I've never really thought about writing a book about anything, but (laughs) it's resonating. So I wrote a proposal and um, my agent sent it to a number of publishers and almost everybody turned it down Mm. except for a handful of publishers. Mm. I had what's called a small platform. And for those of you listening that don't know what a platform is, it's basically like, how many followers do you have? Like Mm -hmm. how many people are signed up for your email and how many people follow you on Facebook? There wasn't even Instagram then, but Mm -hmm. it was all about Facebook. I had like 2000 people or something, Mm -hmm. but the publisher took a chance on me because they really liked my writing. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. And they thought that this was um, a unique angle on a topic that they hadn't seen before. And Mm -hmm. so they said, yes. And it was my first. And then that led to another book in 2016, The Happiness Dare, which is how you and I met. Mm -hmm. So graciously joined my launch team. And for those listening, a launch team is basically a group of people who've been following you for a while, believe in your message Mm -hmm. and help you get the word out. And people, if you love an author, just share their stuff and help get the word out because we need you. We can't do it without you. Absolutely. Yeah. Gina was a part of that and helped me get the word out about the happiness dare. And that book is really about like, does God even care about if we're happy or does he just care about joy and what is happiness? And if God is okay with happiness, then how do we get happy? (laughs) So super fun books, right? Um, Then next two years later in 2018 was it's all under control. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm a bit of a control freak and, um, this was just yet another problem I had that God was walking me through. Mm-hmm. So as long as I still, I, as long as I continue to have problems <laughs> in my life, I will continue to have content for books. <laughs> so that was all about being a control freak and giving control over to the Lord and what that looks like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Then my next book was in 2021 and that's called growing slow. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot of rich fun farm life imagery in it. And, um, I use those farming analogies and the work of a field to illustrate how God is planting seeds in us Mm -hmm. and how we are like fields and how God is growing us slowly into the people he wants to be and how really, um, we should just really stop running around all the time and trying to do things more quickly, like why Mm -hmm. slow growth is better. So and then that those two books have Bible studies. It's all under control and growing slow. Mm-hmm. Then along comes Stuff I'd Only Tell God, which is releasing today. Ooh, ooh. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and this one is a journal. 
And uh, the subtitle on it is A Guided Journal of Courageous Honesty, Obsessive Truth-Telling, and Beautifully Ruthless Self-Discovery. And so I wrote this book. Um, basically, I love asking questions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of the podcast, we talk about the fact that I was a news reporter. And so I've always loved asking questions. And like, if you were to come over to my house for dinner, I would ask you questions, not about the weather, but about deep things. And so some mm-hmm. people might think that I'm nosy and I don't mean to be annoying. I really am just genuinely curious about people. Mm-hmm. And what I have noticed over the years of being quote nosy is that it produces um, some fruit mm-hmm. out of it. Like people will verbally process with me what what they're thinking. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's the, I'm not a therapist. I don't I don't pretend to be a therapist, but it is the essence, right, of mm-hmm. therapy that we are in a room where we feel comfortable and we trust someone mm-hmm. and they ask us questions and it doesn't matter what we say that it's okay like you mm-hmm. can say whatever you want and that's the that's the posture that i've had in asking questions of people like mm-hmm. you don't have to say the right thing i'm not right. going to throw back a bible verse at you and make you feel bad or shameful or whatever you get to just be you Mm-hmm. And that, and I thought, you know what, this is so helpful for people. And, um, it's what I've done like on my social media so much. So I took a bunch of these questions and I started to write them all down. And some of them are really super deep, mm-hmm. but some of them are really super silly and fun <laughs> and quirky. Mm-hmm. And I put them all together into this book, like literally like hundreds or thousands of questions into stuff. I'd only tell God and made it into this guided journal. It's really an experience of getting Mm -hmm. honest with yourself and getting honest with God. And in the end, I'm hoping that by people, when people get to the end of the, this book, this journal, they'll, they'll have learned something about themselves Mm -hmm. and they will uh, treat themselves with more compassion Mm -hmm. and more kindness. And that they will see what I've learned over the years is that I can be brutally honest with God. And he mm-hmm. doesn't leave me. Right. Uh, so that's been the journey. That's the why behind it. Mm-hmm. And now that I am in the midst of launching it and people are starting to go through it, I'm seeing the fruit of it. I mean, you know, this is just beginning. Like, I don't yeah. know what this is going to look like. <laughs> and I've never done anything like this in, in a book form. So it's going to be super cool. Um, I'm finding that a lot of people actually are like, if I'm, if it's stuff I'm only supposed to tell God, can I tell other people? And I'm like, by all means, yes. Mm -hmm. I think this would be really cool to do in a group. And in fact, at the very uh, last page of stuff, I'd only tell God, I issue a challenge to the reader. It says, do you know what's braver than telling your secrets to God, sharing your secrets with someone who doesn't already know them. The next step is step is to tell your stuff to your people. Go through stuff I'd only tell God again, this time with a friend, sibling, or significant other. You're just getting started. So I think this is the kind of a book that people can go through again and again. They Mm -hmm. can go through it alone. If they don't want anybody to read it, they can like burn it or like (laughs) use it as birdcage liner or, you know, I don't know what what you would want to do with it, but you might want to keep it too and like Mm -hmm. share it. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That is... So why, why do you think it's so hard for us to get 
this honest. Yeah. So I got to thinking about this actually um, in a post that I wrote in April Mm -hmm. um, about the why behind stuff I'd only tell God. And Mm -hmm. honesty is so hard. I remembered how I had gone to a retreat Mm -hmm. um, when I was about 33 years old. And um, it was a weekend retreat. And the pastor who was leading this particular evening's activities gave us each a little slip of paper. And we Mm -hmm. were to write on this slip of paper, like our sins, our, you know, the things holding us back from God, like burdens, just anything, just all the crap that gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to write down some things. And then there were some things that I actually left off. And then there was some stuff that where I was only kind of half honest with God. And I would Mm -hmm. literally put initials for the things. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because I was afraid that a person would read it in the room because we were assured that these things would actually were going to be burned. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about people. It's just that I didn't want to get that truthful with God. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to do it. And um, I think that is a common, uh, a common thing. We feel like we've got to get ourselves shined up when Mm -hmm. God just says, show up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, like, I love all the parts of you. You don't have to be, you know, quote, good for me to love you. And, um, that, I think that's why we don't get honest with them. We just don't, we just don't know. Like, and it also, it hurts. Like yeah. it's hard to face that stuff. Like I would rather just move on with my day and not have to deal with stuff. So, um, I was, uh, speaking to some high school students uh, a few weeks ago and, um, mm-hmm. I asked them to write things down. Um, similar to what I had done on this retreat and assured them that, you know, I wouldn't know who was who's, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I got a personal letter in the mail from a girl, a student at the mm-hmm. high school. And she said to me, um, I think that writing things down is so much harder to do because then you see it mm-hmm. and it's real. Mm-hmm. But writing it down helped me and made me realize that God already knows and he wants me to write it all down because he wants to know my real deep heart. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so profound from, yeah. you know, I don't know, she's 15, 16, 17 years old. And I think that's the essence of it there yes. is that God wants to know our realest, deepest hearts, but we're just not always sure if we want to go there. Mm-hmm. And we're not sure if we want to revisit our past because yeah. that can be, that can be painful. Mm-hmm. It can. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, some people know this, some people don't, but um, the gateway to me starting my whole ministry was after going through a 13 week intensive um, healing journey. And it, it, conf- I had to confront a lot of things that I either hadn't think thought about in years or things that I had held on to for 25. And so to go through that, that was so hard. And then it led to me confronting my past in other areas of my life. And also other things that would pop up that would remind me of something. So yeah, writing it down and walking through that is hard. But, you know, I always encourage everybody, it's the best work you can do. Mm-hmm. Because there you don't want anything holding you back. You don't want anything keeping some kind of weight on you. You don't want that. You're not made for a ball and chain. Like, mm. so don't be afraid to break it link by link. That's so good. Yeah. So Absolutely. true. Absolutely. Now this is a fun question. 
Um, what is one of your favorite questions in that book? In your journal? Oh, gosh, it's <laughs> so hard because there's so many. <laughs> How about I ask you a few of the silly ones and you okay. can answer? Okay. That might be fun. Yeah. Because okay, you guys listening, I swear there are serious questions in here. But if, <laughs> if I ask Gina right now, who is somebody that you're having trouble forgiving? That might be a little bit too much information for the moment. <laughs> so we won't do that. Um, but we'll just go through some of the funny ones. Sure. Or just like silly, weird ones. So here, here's one. Yeah. Yes or no. Would you survive a zombie apocalypse? No. No. Mm-mm. Why not? I feel like you got it in you. <laughs> because I would say I have it in me, but somebody does a first bite on me, I might be done. <laughs> my husband this one last night over dinner because we were going back and forth with some of the questions and uh-huh. he's like absolutely yes we're gonna be fine and I'm like well then I'm staying close to you <laughs> and I feel like that he is my he, you know like he's a farmer he's resourceful he knows how mm-hmm. to grow food and he started talking about and then this is the way that we would build this like thing around our house to keep out mm-hmm. the zombies that they can't get over it and we're <laughs> enough, in enough of a remote area we would have waves of zombies that might come through but all in all, we we just have to be careful. And, you know, talked about like who we could bring here to take care of, like our parents, you know, our moms, we'd have to protect them in our yeah. little zombie home. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why do I, <laughs> why do I want to know these things? This is the kind of weirdness that goes through my mind. Okay. How about, <laughs> how about um, something on your anti-bucket list? My so anti- to tell you so we know what a bucket list is, right? Yeah, right. Bucket lists are the things you want to do before you quote, kick the bucket. Well, an <laughs> anti-bucket list are things that you would never try or maybe something that you've done before, but will never do again. So an example would be like tiling a floor or eating pickled herring or, Ugh. you know, tattooing your lover's arm, name on your arm or something like that. <laughs> um, I will never jump out of an airplane. No, I think that is a wise, wise move. <laughs> never. And, and never tattoo anybody's name on you unless it's your child or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. See, you were so wise. You might survive a zombie apocalypse, actually. I'll stick okay. close to my husband because my husband would be the one he would be resourceful to for the zombie okay. apocalypse. <laughs> all right i'll ask you one more mm-hmm. goofy question and then i'll tell you a couple of the more serious ones sure but um i asked this one on my um instagram the other day mm-hmm. um that i had this whole section about what what i hope that includes well so what you hope heaven includes mm-hmm. um like you know just the way it would look and the conversations and what would the choirs be singing and what would the days be filled with mm-hmm. and i have this line this thing in here a 24-hour buffet with the following food so what would be on that buffet in a perfect heavenly world for you? Uh, cheesecake. Oh, yeah. Every yeah. type of cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory, you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and you won't gain an ounce by eating it. Oh, no. No. Nope. This is heaven's 24-hour buffet. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I have I have Dairy Queen um, peanut butter parfaits on mm-hmm. my buffet and fresh caught walleye. Um, mm-hmm. like it serve it shore lunch style. And then I was like, oh, I would think it would be so cool to have it on the beach. Like when Jesus made, um, breakfast for the disciples. And so then mm-hmm. now I've been like kind of going down that train. I'm like, oh, that'd be <laughs> so cool. Oh, 
Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and a bunch of other food too. I just, I love thinking about food. I, I could just, Me too. Uh, there's all kinds of questions <laughs> about food in there. <laughs> Me too. And I think an ice cream would be on mine too. And probably endless amounts of sausage and cheese pizza. That would be good. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to come to your end of the buffet. Sure. <laughs> I got I like. all the junk food on my side. Come I on like. Well, no, I got, I've got plenty of junk, junk food on mine too. <laughs> so like, you know, here's, here are just some serious ones. I just yeah. opened to a random page. Okay. Gina. Mm -hmm. So like, like on page 88, some ways I've grown lately, mm -hmm. some ways I've gotten worse. What I like about my body, mm. what I like about my personality. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's, you know, a section on promises, promises, where you go through the promises that you've kept and the promises mm -hmm. that you've broken of uh, the hardest promise that you've ever kept. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's separated into this kind of somewhat orderly way, although people can pop around if they want to, mm -hmm. where they first, the first section is me and my people. And so you go through and think about all the people in your life and you mm -hmm. just intensely think about the people who've impacted you for better or worse. Mm -hmm. And then me and my past. And so you dig deep into your past and do a lot of work. I think that's really important for our person. You know, you talked about your own healing journey. Right. You had to go way back and dig and dig. Painful somewhat, mm -hmm. but there's also some lighthearted questions to kind of yeah. not make it so heavy. And then me and my right now. Mm -hmm. And then me and my weird ways, which is a lot of the quirky questions. So if you're going through this and you're like, I just need to laugh. I just need to be me and just embrace that. That'd be the section that you'd want to go to. Mm -hmm. And as honest as I've ever been is a section toward the end that really digs deep mm -hmm. into the most important things about who you are. And then there's a section called me and my future. So like, what do you want your future to look like? And I even, you know, I have these questions about heaven in there. So that's like longer term future, like forever future, but it seemed really important to address that as well. Oh my goodness. I love the whole concept of this. And I, I know I can't wait to get it into my hands and guys, you just need to go out and order this book today because it is out today and start working through this. And yeah, I think it's such a great concept, Jennifer. I love it so much. Thank you. That really so, means a lot. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I think so too. <laughs> so where can people find you? I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Jennifer Dukes Lee. And also on Instagram, I have a new account called stuff I'd only tell God. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, I'm kind of intrigued, but I just don't get how this works, or I don't know how to journal, or I just need to see a little bit before I decide whether I want to do this thing. So just join us over there. We're having mm -hmm. a blast. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of prompts and share different pages from the journal and give you like place to answer the questions. It's so fun. So I'd love to see some of you over there. That's awesome. And I will put links to all of that in the show notes. Jennifer, I am so grateful that you carved out time on your busy schedule to hang out with me and walk through, you know, your story and also your books with me. So thank you again. Do you have any last minute encouragement for my listeners? I would just say to look around you today and ask yourself, where is Jesus as I'm walking today? Mm -hmm. 
And to know that um, as you are traveling on whatever road you're on, that Jesus really is with you. And sometimes it's hard because we don't get to see his face and his hands and his feet, though someday we will. Mm -hmm. But he promised us that he was going to leave his Holy Spirit for us. And that's exactly what he did. So that would be my encouragement to you as we think about, you know, the storms of life and what anchors us mm -hmm. and the whole theme of your podcast. That's really just what I'd want people to come away with today. Oh, amen to all of that. And you guys uh, go follow Jennifer and thank you so much for joining us today. And I'll talk to you next episode. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.